This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Standard issue for all women. All right, Mickey here. I am recording this intro on December the 21st. So here's hoping that you're listening to this somewhere comfortable rather than, I don't know, around a bin where you're burning the last of your car tyres for warmth as a brief respite from scouring the scorched wasteland for food or control of our borders. I'm only half joking. What a year, eh? And the almost constant doom and gloom of 2020 is why we decided to record a relentlessly chipper gig cast for the start of 2021. If the scenario I just painted is accurate, I'll admit that yes, perhaps that was misguided optimism. Good to go out with a chuckle though, innit? And so we got the Standard Issue family, me, Hannah, Jen and the boss Sarah Millican, together for a Zoom natter. Chat includes flotation tank horror, contouring with Marmite, tiny hats for rats, playing Find the Pooh, Penguin Ski Sunday, what's playing on your view, Master, and whether birthing a child is considered a substantial life event. Probably worth pointing out that we recorded this whole chat at the beginning of December, which already seems like three lifetimes ago in terms of the tears of a clown and bad, very last-minute Alan Rickman impressions regarding Christmas. On which note, you lovely lot listen to this. I'm off to watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. ta Hello and welcome to another Zoom cast. Has that caught on yet? Have we made fetch happen? Don't know. Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year. <laughs> Zoomcast, amazing. Finally being paid attention to. <laughs> In the spirit of the festive season, this one is all about the standard issue family. Aww. And while we are aware that the world still has its uh, issues, to put it mildly, it's good for the soul to be chipper. And so, I'm Mickey Noonan, and one of the highlights of my 2020 was making a romp of otters do tricks for fish. Aww, <laughs> Virgils. I know, also discovering that the collective noun for otters is a romp. Mm. <laughs> I just assumed you'd had a bit of one on your plate. <laughs> romp of otter. A romp, no romp. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. It's gone dark very quickly. Or sexy. <laughs> and so, to Sarah, Sarah Milliken. Uh, I am Sarah Milliken. And the best thing about my 2020 is training my hair to not be washed every single fucking day. Hooray! Hooray. Twice at best. You catch me on the eve of hair washing, and that's why the top of my head is out of the zoo. <laughs> is it like with the otters? Do you use bits of fish to make it do what you want it to? Yes, that's exactly what you have to train it. Sometimes a little bit of a biscuit, maybe a bourbon, something like that, uh, whatever it takes. So that it, I think it's because I'm not going anywhere <laughs> and I don't care if it's greasy. Where before I was going places and I cared if it was greasy. Maybe that's the main thing I've learned. To look careless, that's probably good. I think training yourself to care less is probably one of the things that most people in 2020 will come out as a positive definitely well that was going to be my fact oh if i go next which is i'm hannah dunleavy and the highlight of 2020 appears to be that i am well fashionable just wearing pajama bottoms and no bra and never washing your hair <laughs> is suddenly something everybody's doing and and i've been doing that for years i've been way ahead of the game yeah, they call this look the Dunleavy. That's what it's <laughs> like. They had the Rachel yeah. from Friends. This is the Dunleavy. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, last but not least. Hello, I'm Jen Offord. And, oh, well, I suppose the thing I should say, the most positive thing that's happened to me this year is obviously the birth of my child. But what I think I might say instead is the epidural before the birth of my child. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened to me this year. Have <laughs> we not talked about that, Jen? That seems like the most interesting part of birth to me. Tell me about the drugs. Gas and air is shit. It's shit. I didn't like it at all. It made me feel very strange. I don't really know enough about gas and air. Is, is it, do you have like a puff of gas and then you breathe some air? Or is it mixed with the gas so that you don't die? Or what? I, what think, is it, I think it is um, oxygen 
and something else. I don't know what the other thing is. Helium. In... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, because that would that would be much more interesting on a labour ward. <laughs> or nitrous oxide. <laughs> you would be like roaring laughing. It, I don't know what it is, but it's it's. Uh, I I didn't like it. Basically, I I was disappointed. Lightweight. I thought I would like it, but I didn't. I really really liked the epidural. And what is that? And does it just numb you altogether? Yeah, just uh, just stops the agonising pain. <laughs> just oh, we've all needed one away. of those in 2020, haven't we? <laughs> yes, can you just get one in your arm? <laughs> Straight to the eye socket, please. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of helium being the drug of choice in like a flotation tank. You know, that's how some people give birth. They have it in a flotation tank. No. You know, I've had a terrible experience in a flotation tank this year, don't you? No, what happened? (laughs) February, I was in Australia. And, I mean, I literally went as far away from home as you could before I wasn't allowed to go anywhere at all. (laughs) And I thought it would be fun because I like massages and I like all that sort of, you know, kind of relaxy stuff, all the spa-y stuff. So I booked in uh, with my friend Sally uh, into um, a flotation tank and it was hideous in so many ways because she said that's the button for emergencies and I was like what emergencies could there be and she said and this is the spray in case it gets in your eyes and I was like what is it because I thought it was just like a nice bath (laughs) that stayed hot and they were like oh no if it gets in your eyes and then you had to put uh, earplugs in so that it didn't get in your ears because if you got in your ears you got in trouble so it was really stressful and then literally as soon as I got in my legs sort of cut I had a bit of sunburn on my legs I mean, it's definitely, it wasn't quite third degree burns, but it was, it was nasty. And they just caught fire. And then as soon as I lowered my vagina in, <laughs> it just sort of went <laughs> like that. And I just had to get back out again. Oh, no. And I just had to wash everything off and then sit and wait for Sally. Oh, no. So, I mean, I'm not going to have a baby, but I wouldn't choose to have it in a flotation tank. And it lands and all of this. I mean, it's just supposedly just salt, but... I mean, it's it's not table salt. I know that for a fact. Oof. What is, is it acid? Like, is, acid? I mean, it felt like if somebody said, oh, it's, you know, it's sulfuric acid, I'd have gone, yeah, 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 that makes total sense. <laughs> I like the phrase, lowered my vagina in. It made, me think, it made me think there was a winch involved. Well, like, my legs were already hurting, so I was nervous about lowering up my vagina Understandable. in. Understandable. <laughs> like it sounds like the first wee after childbirth. It's, um, oh... Does that go in the little book with your babies? Like, first step, first wee? No, but maybe. We still haven't We haven't done her book yet because it's got stupid questions in it. Like, how did you feel when you were, like, bringing your child home? And, like, how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? And I was like, I don't really want her to read this. And, and be like, is there, not, my like pants. is there not a pandemic version of that book as well? Where we're like, given the circumstances, mm-hmm. how do you feel? <laughs> You just have to lie, I think, don't you? Everybody just writes nice things in. I think so, It's what you feel like you should be writing. Yeah. (laughs) If you just wrote in it, I grew myself a friend because I knew there'd be a massive lockdown, (laughs) then everybody (laughs) would understand. (laughs) I think that's a good idea. I might do that. (laughs) So it is fair to say that 2020 has been officially, uh, sorry, let me just check my notes, batshit. What have you done to bring a bit of normality into your everyday life? And I'm going to start with Sarah Millican. Uh, A bit of normality. Oh, God. Oh, I tell you, I've worn jeans every single day. Have you? Leg prisons. Leg prisons. (laughs) Well, more, to be honest, for me, more belly prison. (laughs) My belly tries to escape prison quite a lot and tries to get on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I decided, well, I I feel like jogging bottoms. You see, I've got to walk the dog every day. So I get up and I get showered and I get dressed. And that's been a kind of routine. Um, and then I could just probably get in and put my pyjama bottoms on. But my pyjama bottoms, when you've got elastic, you can get so fat that the elastic becomes like a normal standard waistband. <laughs> and I thought, let's just, if we keep my jeans on, we'll be able to keep an eye on just how fat we're getting so that's worked and the other thing I've done every single day is I have put makeup on and not like for other people or for any I'm not seeing anybody Gary has seen me at my worst and then three levels of shit under that but I think there's something about the routine of I, I get up I have a shower I put makeup on I get dressed 
in that order as well. Ooh, stands in the nuddy to put her lipstick on. And <laughs> where have you got it? <laughs> That's oh. where I keep it down there. You've got to do both sets of lips before you step on your date. <laughs> and that means I it starts the day normally, even if the rest of it is all to pot. At least it's the same as I would do out of pandemic times in the normal times. Yeah. Well, my answer is the same in that I've put makeup on. And it's not it's not for anyone. It's just almost a sense of that's how I start my day. And I know that I'm not just allowed to go back to bed, which would be lovely to go and curl up again. you can't in mascara. No, no. no Actually, that's the thing I've skipped, to be honest, because it's a fucker to get off and I don't need that hassle. But yeah, the kind of like the base, the skincare and the base, I've kept doing that every single day as a sort of pick me up, I suppose. And just, you know... Put, it's, it's war paint for a reason and it's felt a little bit like you know well Boris war. Johnson has told us it's been a war so you know I believe everything he says obviously <laughs> good faces <Thanks. laughs> Jen what about you I don't think I have I don't, I don't think I've done anything to maintain any kind of normality I think I don't know I think my year has been obviously quite specifically weird as well as generally weird obviously you know lots of people's years have you know people have life events and whatnot but I think like um I don't think I have I think I've kind of embraced like the batshitness of it I've kind of enjoyed it I've kind of like you know lent into it as they say (laughs) um I've just I've I've quite enjoyed not wearing any makeup and sometimes just not washing because I can't be asked um and sometimes yeah I've I've kind of like gotten used to what my face looks like without makeup and I've decided I, I don't mind it actually oh, nice it's a nice and face i kind of feel like i've embraced the batshitness of it and found it i found a new normal but not mm. in a mm. like bad way because i feel like when everyone's like we have to just you know find out what the new normal is it kind of has like a sort of shit connotation <laughs> that works on the assumption that the old normal was good yeah well yeah exactly exactly because when you you know like there's been loads of chat about sorry to get a bit serious guys but uh, there's been like a lot of chat about how you know capitalism basically doesn't work and now we've seen that it kind of like doesn't really work in other scenarios or whatever people have thought oh maybe we'll come out of this and things will be a bit different in a good way as well so the things that were bad before maybe we'll change those things maybe we'll be a bit kinder maybe we'll be a bit but I mean I, I sort of think a lot of that's bollocks because you only have to be on Twitter for like four seconds to. See but also yeah. like no, yeah. but also if you're kind, you're kind. You're not kind because there was a pandemic. You're just either you're kind or you're not. I'm not sure that changes. No, you know, also, I think in your like... baby book you could definitely write that it was a substantial life event. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. I guess for your normality this year, before 2020 became the the, the year that is going to go down in history for having a pandemic, your 2020 was always going to be not normal mm. as exactly. you knew it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Hannah, have you also embraced the chaos? Yeah, I agree with Jen. I didn't have a normal to start with. I had, I wasn't a person who had a routine. I wasn't a person who ate my food at the same time every day or even ate every day. You know, I skipped well, does, meals. Does that not I, mean that you're, you're, you've maintained that, your yeah, normality? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I suppose, yes. But I didn't... I don't wear makeup anyway. I don't really care what I look like anyway. So I just have largely, yeah, carried on as normal, despite the fact that it's not normal. If that Does that make sense? Yes, it does. But I think that would be really interesting if the pandemic hit and all of a sudden we only ever saw you in a full face of makeup. <laughs> yeah. In any makeup ever. Like, that, drag queen, sudden, drag queen makeup. Yeah. I said to Hannah ages ago that I wanted her to start doing like makeup tutorials over the pandemic yeah. but with like everyday objects like I don't know like contouring with Marmite and stuff like that <laughs> I was telling Sarah about that time when we were I can't remember if the three of us were in Edinburgh or Ireland but basically I came out of the bedroom to find Hannah just sat on the edge of a sofa staring at Jen doing a makeup like Jen had just landed just like what is it what are you doing with it why does it go there <laughs> Jen was like please make her stop <laughs> yeah so yeah I don't uh, this year has been obviously weird for me 
but actually not as weirdly different as it has been for people around me because I worked from home anyway and mm. you know I didn't give a shit about what I looked like anyway so yeah um nothing I suppose you see I think there's with um because with Gary he's not a very sort of sociable person like I I really miss like going out for lunches and seeing my friends and and he is seeing his friends exactly the same yeah. amount <laughs> i.e. not at all <laughs> and so I mean, people, it's just really it's 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 really fed into how they already live and that's great yeah yeah I mean I did used to go out that's the bit that oh, yeah. that the, the catastrophe in fact I found my diary the other day I've lost it again now and I, I had a look it. and January and February, my life looked amazing. Like genuinely looked amazing. I went to the theatre like five times in January and February. I went to two comedy shows. I went to the cinema about three times. It's all there in my diary, all this stuff I had to do. I had a weekend. We had a weekend in Newcastle. Um, we yeah. did two live shows and I just keep thinking, Wow. If I could just get back to that, I don't know that I, I suppose I did used to say I quite, I mean, I used to say I liked my job and I liked my life. But yeah, just looking at those first two pages or those first two months of my diary are insane to think, wow, like, I, I don't think the Queen's life is exciting as mine was in January and February, <laughs> even though I would have spent a huge amount of that time also sitting on my ass watching Netflix. <laughs> I imagine her life's quite exciting whenever she gets in a car with her husband. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to be fair. Exciting slash nerve-wracking, I think. Yeah. But also, you saw how excited she was by cows. Oh, that's in, one of my favourite uh, things. Much viewed YouTube clip. Look, <laughs> cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And how about you, Mickey, then? Yeah, mine was the makeup thing. Oh, the like makeup you, scene, yeah. yeah. And it is that weird thing of I've taken quite well with the caveat and I think it is you know it needs saying I'm extraordinarily lucky in that I live in a really nice house with someone I love and who loves me with great animals and my job was safe so all those caveats meant that I could actually enjoy not having to go out and that actually suits me quite well for as much as I love seeing people and I love my friends and once I'm actually out I'm really social I'm the kind of person who if someone cancels I'm like yes free time is that everybody though is it everybody i think it is okay i think there's nothing better than having a thing booked in and then especially when it maybe it's just it's sort of autumn winter and the idea of like getting dressed up and you know having to put tights on or whatever or makeup or whatever when it's freezing and you just want to stay in i think i'm really leaning into the sort of autumn winter time of being able to go oh well we can't go anywhere so let's just put the fire on and the telly on yeah. and you know but yeah I do I miss I keep thinking about sort of the fairly new sort of sort of near future of how weird it'll be to just be able to go oh we've got the cinema this afternoon it'll be so weird to be able to do what you took for granted I see I like the idea that maybe all the things we used to do when we can go back to doing those things they'll all feel sort of 10% better because there was a time when we couldn't do them and there was also a chance that we might never do them and I think the idea of sitting for me backstage eating like a Nando's or a Wagamama's with two excellent people before we go out and perform to thousands of people just that little moment of backstage and doing your makeup and all of that I can't wait for that and I know it's going to feel even better than it normally would it's like we've put all of our old practices in a tuxedo so it just looks that little bit shinier that little bit better (laughs) you have to get a tuxedo for all of your pets (laughs) oh my god that would be amazing tiny little rat tuxedos I'm on it I bet they exist. <laughs> I hope so. I, hope so. The, I bet Jen gonna... could knit one. Yeah, Jen could. <laughs> Maybe. Can you knit How two? How is the knitting going? <laughs> Quite bad. I, d- I feel that um don't really have the energy to do anything at all. <laughs> at the end of a day, I'm like, I just need something in front of me. I don't want to do anything. I did, like, speculatively buy some more wool the other day I don't know when I'm ever going to do anything with it but uh, maybe this is it maybe this is the time maybe maybe rat tuxedos this is the time to shine who knows if that's not going to make you want to knit something because it's only little just tiny the the wood sticks won't even have to be that heavy just tiny I can only really knit in straight lines though and hats could you just do a long sort of repeated 
tuxedo that Mickey could just <laughs> roll a rat in. <laughs> tuxedo swaddle. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, yeah. A rat swaddle. A little rat swaddle. I'll take a hat. I'll take two tiny hats. <laughs> How close are your rats to the rats that we don't like that are in the sewers? <laughs> I like those rats, so I'm not sure I'm the best equipped mm. to answer that question. It's our fault that those rats have become horrific because we're really messy and leave shit and food. So it's not the rats' fault, they're just doing they're just doing what rats do. But yeah, actually my rats are kind of Bill is quite little and Ted is a fucking unit and he's go- he's just glorious and he is bigger than the rats you see out and about in London but Bill is kind of the same size maybe a little bit smaller so do you think if we saw the ones in the sewers in little hats or lying asleep beside each other we'd be like oh you're so cute even if you smell of turds yeah yeah <laughs> I saw one in a park it was alright it wasn't covered in slime or anything it just looked like a rat it was alright rats and, and we will move on from this topic because I will start <laughs> to get boring but they are fastidious cleaners <laughs> just going to put that out there they love to wash can I just ask have you ever considered making a small purple robe for one of them, or both of them? <laughs> Jen I will accept a small purple robe if you want to knit one <laughs> You can, get clacking. Can, can I ask if they're fastidious cleaners? Can I borrow one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can they wear a little mask and come and clean my fucking cat? Yeah, they put the hoover on. <laughs> you might have to like get the cats to go out for a bit. They're not they're not really a fan of the cats. We have to it, there's very much a a separation technique in the house of which animals are allowed in which rooms with the other animals. But yeah, we can absolutely sort that out. If you can get Joan and Peggy to go out for the day, I'll get Bill and Ted round and they can do some cleaning. Right. So I want to know what you think you've learned about yourself this year. Let's start with the person with the... Look, nobody's making eye contact with me. You're all looking away. I'm going to start with Mickey then. What have I learned about myself? I've learned very recently that I need to see my rats in some sort of knitted goods. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a revelation. That's That's been my takeaway from 2020. Um, I guess I've kind of what I said a a little bit earlier what I touched on earlier I've kind of consolidated and had to really accept the fact that I'm not as social as I thought I was that I am quite good at hibernating and not only quite good at it I really like it when I I, you know I'd have put myself as a a party animal what were the two phrases you used on one of your tours it was homebird and dirty stop out I picked up the dirty stop out bag and actually I need to swap that (laughs) So I'm not asking well, the, you to do that, it. Who do we speak to about that? <laughs> oh, it's not available anymore because that's three tours ago. <laughs> Should I go next? Yes, yeah, please. why not? What have I learned? I, mm, this is going to be quite soppy, sorry. I think if your relationship has lasted during this time, then it's there's nothing going to stop you. And a lot of people, I know loads of people who've split up. And I'm sort of pleased for them because it's probably sped it up. I think it would have mm-hmm. happened anyway and it's probably good to get it out of the way and, you know, make yourself either available to somebody new if that's what you want or just have some nice time on your own. But I have only seen Gary for however many months too. I don't even know how many months it is since I, I hadn't seen anybody else oh actually tell I I've seen a couple of friends in the garden but repeatedly I wake up to Gary and he is there and thank god he is he's been amazing throughout my crappiness and my up and downness and he is just a steady Eddie every now and again there'll be a little thing oh he's a little bit touchy and that's it that's it and the rest of the time he's just steady Eddie and thank god because I am <laughs> like sometimes a helium balloon and then other times I'm just lying on the floor <laughs> so, and, and I don't even mean in any kind of metaphorical way <laughs> just actually, <laughs> he's just he's been incredible and I think if, if I can allow myself to bring it back to a compliment to myself well done me I picked a good one <laughs> totally totally and I can absolutely agree with that as well and, and similar that that I can be quite up and down and quite anxious and Gary is just my steady Mr Blue Skies I actually said to Hannah the other day if you told me 10 years ago that I was going to wake up with someone every day who was relentlessly positive I would have been like no I would have to kill them and actually <laughs> that's not happened at all him being that guaranteed what's the upside of this or let's just get on with stuff as as it keeps me sane it's 
it's a joy. I think putting kindness at the top of your list in what you want from someone is an absolute game changer. I remember when Gary and I first were in contact with each other and and I asked him what he looked for in a woman and, and he asked me what I look for in a man and my list had like three things on and his and mine were really superficial and his were all like nice and kind and I was like oh now I look like a proper arsehole you do want good arms though I think that yeah is... that was in my top three <laughs> of course yeah really <laughs> Jen I don't know it's weird isn't it because obviously baby and all that uh, you learn quite a lot about yourself I suppose I learned that um, I'm not as offended by poo as I thought I might be <laughs> uh, <laughs> I learned that I am more bothered by spitty little hands than I thought I might be um, oh, we've, we've lost Hannah, Hannah. we've lost her <laughs> sorry it's just like the... oh, Hannah's new nickname is now. spitty little hands spitty little hands yeah no she's honestly she... better with two than with spitty hands, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, Jen knows this. <laughs> Jen knows it's the snot and the dribble that makes oh, no, me go I didn't funny. Know that. Sorry, I'll stop. But no. like, it's, yeah. Lyra won't but, but basically, Hannah, I feel the same as you, but I actually have to deal with both on a yeah. basis. I suppose I've embraced my silly side a bit more. Oh, nice. You kind of have to because. Uh, they're not that fast when you read them feminist prose it turns out <laughs> not yet not yet no we'll get there i once read a puma the whole of the grapes of wrath so you know lyra's got quite a lot to live up to i've read her quite a lot of quite serious stuff but she tends to get like quite angry about it and then correct and then it's response like, can i have the fucking tiger who came to tea or what um, and then you have to move on quite quickly I'm a bit annoyed that everything, all of my examples relate to um, small people. But yeah, she has been obviously a bit of a game changer. So, can I ask a question? Where is the weirdest place you found poo? I haven't found it anywhere weird. But what? Oh, it's still there then. You've not I looked. Will... <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is that Wait, sometimes... she starts moving around. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes she change her nappy. And there is a lingering smell of shit for like a long time afterwards, and you're like, "Where, where is that? Like, what? Where is that? Is it on me? Because why can I still smell it? Like, you know, once like I, you know, she'd done a mega shit, and I'd changed her, and I'd cleaned her, and I'd done all the necessary and appropriate mothering things, and then like she'd had a bath because it was later on in the day, and there was still a lingering smell of poo, and you're like, where? is it coming from it's got to be on me it's got to be on me and you'll you find yourself like literally sniffing the anus like the bare <laughs> anus of your child being like where where is the poo where is it and it's you can't find it yeah basically she's still here yeah it gets stuck in, in your, your nostrils yeah. yeah have i ever told you my dad's story about when he was down the pit and there was a a fella uh, came up to him and said Philip can you smell shite and my dad was like I, I can smell shite and they tried to work out what it was and because down the pit the toilet, there's no toilet so you just find a corner and you just pull down your overalls, your sort of boiler suit and you crouch in the corner and have a crap and it, this bloke had flipped his the back of his boiler suit back up again and it was just oh, a turd no. across the back of his neck <laughs> oh god Oh, that's horrific. <laughs> oh, all of my dad's pit stories always have a turd in them. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? What have you learned about yourself? Are you going to write on your forehead with that Sharpie? Is there going to be a cry yeah. for help? Yeah. <laughs> Joan uh, has got me held hostage. Uh, send help. Um, I have learned that I probably um like even more made of teflon i don't know if teflon's the right word because that suggests things don't stick to me um so yeah i i just i, I don't know I, I have an almost infinite capacity to put up with stuff and i've said that before but this year has proved it to me i i am no longer afraid of being by my not that i was afraid of being by myself in particular but I have, uh, you know, I used to think about like retirement and think, oh God, that's going to be a long, like, what am I going to do if I don't have a job and I'm just in my house forever? I'm 
it's going to be awful. But actually, things like that don't bother me now. I'm actually even. I'm even more. I've, I've merely confirmed my suspicions that I am all right. At least when you retire, you'd be able to go to the fucking cinema. Like, yeah, you know. go a big queue and talk to old people <laughs> in the queue. Yeah, this is like the shittest retirement ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for the first couple of weeks, I did loads of housework because you know it was just something to do, and now i'd rather do nothing than do housework so i have confirmed that i am quite lazy i think i don't think you're lazy i think housework is really fucking boring yeah it is (laughs) i'm not lazy and i really we still haven't got a cleaner back and i absolutely hate cleaning this house and we do it as really as possible that's something I've learned about myself. I've learned that I want to get a fucking cleaner now. No, <laughs> I want a cleaner. I'm, I'm over the middle class guilt. I'm getting one. Do cleaners right. do bums as well? Uh, no. Wowzers. <laughs> Wowzers. They will I'm sniff your anus if you yeah. ask, though. <laughs> I think that's an it's extra fibre, isn't it? I don't know. God, imagine if, if you do get a cleaner and they just find all the poos that you've not discovered yet. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work with a girl who um, did a big clean in her living room once and pulled the sofa off the wall and there was a turd that had sort of had been there for so long it was sort of dusty and she did still to this day didn't know if it was a cat one or a, off of one of her kids that were now grown. What toy from your childhood would you have liked to have received for Christmas this year? I'm going to start with Hannah, actually. So I saw on Twitter the other day, someone was saying, oh, do you remember this? And everybody wanted it for Christmas. And it was one of those odd things that looked like a cabinet that had loads of mini dairy milks in it. That's what I was going to say. Okay. So I did actually get bought one of those, which is very exciting because I really wanted it. But once I'd eaten all of the chocolates in those, which took about five minutes, (laughs) my mum discovered that to actually refill them, they were really, really expensive to buy the miniature chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. So then I just had an empty plastic (laughs) red container that you could put two peas in, but nothing came out of. So I would like that. Now I can afford to actually fill it up. And I could just say, (laughs) oh, look, I put my money in and, and one more drop out those are things like like the miniature vending machines yeah basically yeah, yeah i really really wanted one of those and i never yeah. got one well i mean like i say they were good for about five minutes and then yeah. and then everyone refused to say, i am not spending two quid on mini chocolates to fill that up when i could buy like however many actual <laughs> size chocolate bars it? for that also now wouldn't you want one that you could get like that size dairy milks in <laughs> Yeah. It's called a Welsh dresser. <laughs> it is a fundamentally shit present, isn't it? Like you have to pay to eat your own chocolate. You don't have to pay, Jen. You can just open the thing on the back and take them out, oh, to be well, honest. That's the point. But I think that's it's designed weird. to make you save up 20p or something while your mum spends a fiver <laughs> on miniature dairy milk bars. <laughs> And and waves her fist at whatever aunt bought it for you. And how have those lessons in accounting worked out for you as an adult, Anna? <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Sarah. So you said that you were thinking of that one. Do you have a different one? Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say I had when I was a kid a Mr. Frosty. Yes, and that? it was a snowman. There in his tummy. He, he you fill, you must have filled it with water, but I feel like an adult did that for me. And then you turned a thing in his tummy, which ground up all the ice, and so you had a slush. But my favourite bit of it was the tiny penguin that yes. was filled with flavouring, and you squirted it out of the top of his head. Yes, <laughs> into, into the slush. I don't know that I could hack it because I've definitely got some spots in my mouth where cold and hot doesn't do very well at the moment. But I'm not going to the dentist yet, not until it's safe. So I'm just eating really carefully different oh i can do hot up there and i can do cold down here so <laughs> i'll probably have to wait till i've had my vaccine and all my fillings <laughs> just fyi on the dentist front i had an impacted wisdom tooth and i rang the dentist and said uh hello <laughs> um i know i can feel it i can feel it coming you know when I, i've had it so many times before and he said yeah we can't we're not doing appointments and i was like, <laughs> like that. and i just made this noise and he said um 
do you, you, you've definitely had this before. And I was like, yeah. And he said, it's felt like this. And he said, fine. And, and then I said, do you want me to show it to you? Like go on a Zoom call? And he said, nah, just come down. I'll write you a prescription. So just diagnose yourself, Sarah. And they give you, sure. they give you prescriptions. Well, I, I did have to ring the dentist in the early in the first lockdown because my jaw seized shut um, and I couldn't get any, I couldn't open my mouth very wide. And I rang him. I texted him first because I've got my, of course, I've got my dentist mobile number. And I texted him first and then he didn't respond. And eventually he did respond after a few days. And I was like properly stressed about it, which probably wasn't helping it because it was clearly caused by anxiety. And he said, it'll probably sort itself out eventually. <laughs> there were just too many variables in that sentence. Yeah. It'll probably sort. And it did. I had to get a mouth guard off the internet and warm it in the microwave and mould it to myself. And there was so much fun had. Um, but yeah, but we, we've all coped very well with not really having to <laughs> access yeah. to On a Mr. Frosty note. Yeah. Because you had to put the ice in and then they would crush it. And it actually... Oh, was it ice you put in? Yeah, because it put... wouldn't have frozen. Do so no, you put so... ice cubes in it? Yeah, you put the ice cubes in and then right. you would turn his handle and it would crush them. But obviously it was for kids and my upper body strength wasn't up to much <laughs> at that age. So you just basically have this delicious drink of ice cubes, just like a tiny <laughs> bit of slush. Then I'd get bored and I'd just have ice cubes with the penguin flavouring. Oh, it wasn't flavoured to taste like penguins, but no. like strawberry oh, no. or blue. Yeah. That yeah, was the best bit was squirting the penguin juice on. <laughs> penguin juice. It, when you had the red stuff, it did look like you'd just killed a penguin. <laughs> yeah. I went to oh. Dubai once to visit my mate who was working out there as a journalist and uh, she got basically she got given like loads of free like PR things when I was out there so we got to do loads of fun things for free one of the things they have like they have penguins in a shopping mall but they've made like a giant frozen thing for them to live in in the shopping mall and there's like a ski slope in there and shit like that because Dubai is like penguins can't ski really weird (laughs) and we were like basically you go and you cuddle the penguins right and you get a photo of you um, cuddling the penguins and they so the penguin is on a rock between the two of us and just as they took the picture, the penguin did a shit on my mate. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Animals picture. always do stuff like that. <laughs> the picture is of my friend Harriet being like, Amigo. <laughs> <laughs> Great photo. Great photo. I, I can remember being at Taronga Zoo in Sydney and they had something called a snow leopard that they were very excited about. Uh, it's a long time ago. I wouldn't go to a zoo now, but... Um, the whole way around, you, you're wandering around, they're like, oh, you're nearly at the snow leopard, nearly at the snow leopard, snow, snow leopard's coming, woo, snow leopard, and all of this. And I rounded a corner and sitting there in the middle of the enclosure with its leg up in the air, just licking its ass. <laughs> <What's this? laughs> and, and it just did that for the full 10 minutes I was there. And it wanted no photo. If you were having a photo, you had to have a photo of it licking its own anus. And then you had to leave. I went to um, Monkey, which is the one in Dorset. There's a Monkey World or a Monkey Land or one of those anyway, on tour. Is it like, we're stuck down here, what is there to do? And I was standing with lovely Tom Allen and there were, there was, because uh, there were all sort of kind of rescue monkeys that had been taken from places where they were being maltreated and they were here to like live their life out. And there were two in this enclosure and we were, it was glass between us. And I just said to Tom, the way they're sitting, I said, I can't, it's amazing that some people think that we're not descendant from apes because look at them, their mannerisms. And just at that moment, one of them genuinely pulled a poo out of its own bum and smushed it on the window where we were standing. (laughs) And the other one came over and kissed it. (laughs) And Tom was like, yeah, sure, they're just like us. I, I bet a human somewhere has done that. That's happened in human life somewhere. You pay good oh, money for that in some places. Yeah, that is top shelf material. <laughs> My toy that I would like to receive again, which silly little me gave away in a kind of generous bravado session to my smaller cousin. And my mum was furious because I loved it. And it was a little telly, a little red plastic telly. And on it, it had clearly a roll of stuff but it was the seven dwarfs and it sang hi-ho and as it went along they went to work and it sang hi-ho and then there were occasionally sparkly little diamonds that they would find and you just wound it up and then it played this little loop of them going off down the mines and I loved it. 
that rings a bell with me somewhat. Mickey told us about it once when we were doing Dunleavy Does Disney. Oh, really? That might be why. Say, that does ring, that rings a bell with me. I'm a bit like that TV. I just have the one story and you wind me up yeah. and I just don't tell it. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about those vision things, those red like oh, Viewmaster, oh, yeah, yeah, Viewmaster, yeah, Fox and the Hound one. Oh, I had the Fox, so did I. He was telling me the only one that he had in his was of uh, National Trust property. And he was like, I used to spend ages just looking at him, like, oh, look, look at this one. And, and he's like, What do you think about it now? I was like, That's an act of cruelty to give that to a child. It's a great toy, and here's something you don't want to look at on it. <laughs> I had Fox and the Hound, which they managed to get down to like 12 pictures, the entire story. It's quite impressive. Broke that mountain for children. <laughs> I was once bought for Christmas. I think it was like a My Little Pony salon, right? And it was supposed to have, so it was like, I think like the major selling point of it was that it had a working shower, like for, you know, like <laughs> washing their manes and like playing them or whatever. But very, very sad Christmas day for young Jen um, when I opened it. It had like, so it had like two base pieces that you fitted together and then like the rest of it went on it. And um, so it had two like left or two right base pieces. And uh, alas, my Christmas was ruined. Um, <laughs> oh, and when no. we took it back to Woolworths, it transpired there'd been some sort of fault. And all of them only had oh. like two, so we couldn't exchange it basically. So, so did you have to find somebody else who had two left bits, yeah. and two right bits, and do a swap in the street? If only we'd thought of that. So, uh, <laughs> so basically, should have been a swap shop. <laughs> we could have done a special episode of just that. Yeah, <laughs> they could have like married up all of the people who had two left and two. Right. Anyway, so basically, I'd quite like to receive that. Now, but working, so I can wash, so I can wash the hair of my My Little Ponies and still grubby. <laughs> That's always like so disappointing. I must have told you this story about when my dad bought us bikes for Christmas, and they didn't have any pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Are they technically bikes if they don't have pedals? <laughs> They just had like this little metal bar that the pedal had to fit on, but they didn't have any pedals. <laughs> it's a bike for children and doesn't like put a fucking pedal on it. That's awful. I, I have no idea. God Somebody knows where it came kids. from. God <laughs> knows where it came kids. from, Jim. Sometimes things smash when they fall off the back of a lorry. Yeah, some guy in a van <laughs> in a part of car park sold them to my dad and they had no pedals. The only My Little Pony I ever got, and it was a present, so I'm trying to be gracious about it, but it was a fucking seahorse, so it didn't even That's stand up. Pony. It just like pony. lay down all the time. Ridiculous. I never. I was too old, I think, for My Little Ponies. I was more of a Kirby. Oh, I still got oh. Grumpy Bear. I remember Grumpy my mum in the shop just bear. going, "Do you not want Sunshine Bear or Cheer Bear?" I was like, <laughs> "No, I want Grumpy Bear." No, I want Arsenal Bear, please. <laughs> he's blue. He's kind of brownie blue now because he's old, and he's got a, a little grey cloud on him that rains love hearts and rain. Uh, he's grumpy and he's frowning. I remember going to see the films at the cinema, and all I remember is like at the end they. <laughs> do a bit clapping and they say like we care for care a lot we care for care a lot a lot like they maybe chant it mm. but i can't remember like what the premise of care bears was that was a bit old for it i have a full-grown adult male friend who is like genuinely terrified of care bears and the sight of a care bear this is a little bit dunleavy but will make him be sick like it, it triggers something <laughs> and he ends up throwing up so uh, obviously we send him loads of pictures of care bears <laughs> course i thought you were going to say the other way around because there's like um there's a kind of niche um center of the internet which is grown men that are obsessed with my little pony isn't there yeah yeah i don't think i want to see that no (laughs) no no niche is the key word there i would like to know what is the best book you've read this year I've actually got an answer because I've only read 10 books. Is it the book that you haven't written anything? Uh, No, not that one. Not that one. (laughs) Um, It is actually, Mickey spoke to her on on this podcast. It's Coming Undone by Terry White. Is like... Oh, is it good? It's It's hard, but it's brilliant. It is a harrowing read, but it is the most beautifully written book I have read in a really, really long time. It's amazing. Yeah. Would hard agree that it is a... It's a 
gorgeous but really really tough read i'm not good at tough reads at the minute i'll wait till everything's great again and then i'll read it <laughs> yeah yeah good well, idea yeah. <laughs> yeah agree yeah what about I you sarah cat Lemoran's last one mm. is it more than a no it's not mm-hmm. is it more than a woman mm-hmm. yeah I feel like it should be co-written by the Bee Gees. Is it not? I'm disappointed. It's not. I mean, they've written on a lot of things, but not that. I really like that. And then I selfishly really enjoyed Gary's book because uh, he wanted another pair of eyes to proof it. So I was very lucky to read it ahead of time. And it is just jokes. And it is hilarious. So, yeah, Gary's book. Fundamentalist. I think that's what I needed this year was just something that was just going to make me laugh (laughs) there's a real joy in a joke book when I was a kid there's loads of pictures of me always with like a thousand and one jokes and like they were they were pretty terrible because they were aimed at kids and like yeah the Ha Ha Bonk book Janet and Alan Alberg is one of the best kids joke books there is I think Gary's is for grown ups I assume oh yeah yeah yes he pulls no punches uh, and it's uh, very entertaining. Yeah, it was really nice to because it was hard to proofread because I was just laughing and it's you want to be yeah. like studious yeah. and not laughing through it. So there's probably mistakes in because I wasn't paying attention. I was just laughing. <laughs> Mick, I have been really lucky as we always are with the podcast because we talk to so many brilliant women who have written brilliant, brilliant books. So I've read a lot of great books this year, including Coming Undone, which is a phenomenal read. I'm actually going to say. The Beloved Children, which I spoke to Tina Jackson about in this week's podcast, as we're recording, it's this week's podcast. And part because it is just a brilliant bit of magic realism that is escapism and it's about female friendship and the power of that and the enduring nature of that. And it's about finding family where you find it and love and belonging and also carnies. And so it ticks a lot of boxes for me. But also my best mate wrote it. And I'm just super, super proud of her. And it's an astonishing achievement. And I I can hear Tina in every every word, which is just a joy to read. So that is my choice. What about you, Dunleavy? Yeah, I've read loads of good stuff this year. Again, we've had loads of good people on. Megan Phelps Roper's book, Unfollow, is really, really great. Kate Reed Petty's book True Story was really great I thought really easy read I fired through that in one day yeah, um, I read that she lent it me it's great I'm currently reading Ian Dunst How to Be a Liberal which is really interesting I did love Andrew Cotter's book it really really made me laugh it had some that's, genuine that's like, my next on my pile Yeah, it had some genuinely like just silly um, anthropomorphisation jokes that just work there's this excellent bit where he talks about how they, he doesn't let his dog stick their head out the window in the car because he's really worried that they're going to hit something. And he says, like, they're going to hit a branch or, like, a sign or, like, a dog's head in a car coming in the other <laughs> direction. <laughs> and it's just full of really, just, like, really just stupid, funny stuff like that that really made me giggle. I really liked uh, Ashley Dottie Charles's Outrage. Yes. I thought that was really cracking yeah, as well. it was. So... Crazy. Um, yeah, I've been quite lucky. I've read quite a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I also read Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other is excellent. And Helen Lewis's Difficult Women, obviously not fiction, but so her writing is so easy to read and just will make you feel fired up. And it's really, really good. Read that to Lyra. Get her angry. That'd be good. It's on the list. Okay, as established earlier in this chat and throughout 2020, well, since March anyway, it's been a weird old year, but if things were to go completely back to normal tomorrow, what would be the first thing that you would do? Sarah? I think I would arrange several cackling lunches with different groups of women. Mm-hmm. I miss women. I miss uh, cackling. And I miss somebody else doing the dinner. I mean, to be fair, Gary does most of the cooking, so that's not fair. But like dinner outside where you don't know what you're going to have till you get there rather than you've got a delivery coming on Saturday so you've planned <laughs> out every bloody meal. So I would arrange, and it would be 
I think a lot of the time it's the anticipation as much as the actual event itself. So I would arrange ones with friends in London. I would arrange one with you guys for sure and with friends in Manchester and various different places. And I would just drive to cackling lunches with women. And I would rejoice at being able to wait at the services without worrying that I'm going to catch something that's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Yeah, Yeah, cackling lunches are the best. They'd go on for like three days and they're just so joyous. I always like to be the loudest table in a restaurant. <laughs> Jen, what about you? In the interest of saying something different, although, yeah, like probably go to a pub or something with my mates and sit inside. I would quite like to do that. <laughs> I'd quite like to go to a pub with my mates and not have to sit outside in December. What would I do? I I would really, really, I really miss the gym. I would really like to go to the gym. Quite boring, but like I do really, really miss the gym. I know you can go to gyms now, but I don't want to go to a gym until Little Squeaks is uh, a little bit more robust or whatever. Like basically, when we send her to nursery, all bets are off. Like the germs are coming for us, basically. <laughs> but until that happens, I'm not going to a gym. That's fair enough. Hannah, what about you, love? Well, when we answered this before, I said I'd go on holiday, but. Um, yeah, I was watching Nadia Hussain's new series because we we had that interview. It's really good. And she's a, a street market in it. Um, and she's just wandering around at night in a street. like, And there's just, just loads of life, just loads of just vibrancy and stuff going on. I mean, it actually like hurt to watch it. It literally hurt to watch that. I just thought, I want to be around people. It doesn't even have to be people I know, particularly just people. Mm. So... Some, I don't know, just something that was in the street. A Christmas market would seem like the most appropriate thing, although I would never actually go to a Christmas market. A beer festival, a music festival, just something where there was... Doesn't have to be people I know. In fact, people that I don't know is extra... It's almost as good, do you know what I mean? It's just, just life. Somewhere that had life in it, atmosphere. Yeah. I saw somebody the other day post up like a, a photo from, you know, last year or the year before or whatever on their Facebook and it was of them at a Christmas market and I normally don't really like Christmas markets but it genuinely brought a tear to my eye. Just the <laughs> idea of like the noise yeah. of people and of people drinking in the, the you know, the bar bit that's yeah. open and people queuing up for, you know, hog roast or whatever they're doing yeah. People buying pointless wooden things that were <laughs> yeah, sounds a, amazing. A, a mile away. <laughs> it costs like fifteen quid. Fifteen quid, and you're going to lose it on the bus home. Yeah. yeah. And your your face is cold because everything else is wrapped up. But yeah. Your face is really cold, and there's lights everywhere. And I, I genuinely think, oh, I wish I could go to a Christmas market yeah. this year. Yeah, agree oh, with I that. totally get that, Hannah. Although I was saying to Mickey the other day, I had to go to collect something from Argos the other day, and you have to queue outside, mm. and it was freezing. And like it was the day that the weather just went from oh it's all right to oh it's freezing, and everyone had their masks on, and I was like, it's it's amazing. You're like, oh, it keeps my face really warm. <laughs> I might keep the mask forever now. It might be a thing that I can you just get a little uh, fur one. Yeah. <laughs> little wool one <laughs> there's going to be a real a real easing of anxiety as well when I can watch a film and there are loads of people in a crowded place and I'm not like what are they playing at oh no it's, it's, set, in the, yeah. it's set in the past it's fine do you know what something I really miss I fucking hate socially distanced soap operas I hate them I hate them I resent them they make me fucking angry like I don't I don't want to see it I want to pretend it's not happening fucking coronation street don't you know you're in tier three you bastards like this is not realistic otherwise none of you would be doing anything like i I don't want you to be five meters apart from each other when you're having like a sorry that's how i feel about soap opera there's a lot of passion there on on the telly i have to say on the news i saw some mother and daughter uh duo being interviewed about something on the news the other day it was once waiting for boris johnson to tell us about the vaccine so it's probably only yesterday and it feels like a million years ago (laughs) um and uh, they're interviewing a mother and daughter and they they obviously on the beep go like full on for the gap the distancing Mm -hmm. so they're all standing about like 15 feet apart and I was like for a start I think the mum and daughter are okay to be near each other but I think they're so worried that they're going to be criticized about it that that like you say they're almost like on a loud hailer so Barbara tell me (laughs) I I totally understand why they're doing it because they have to look like they do but do you really expect me to believe that all of these people are staying like you know when they're off camera that they are two meters apart from each other at all times like 
They just... should all be forced to live in a bubble, like on Strictly or the Jungle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, we're not allowed in Wales, though. That, I mean, I think Wales has got limits to how many people it's letting in, and, and rightly so. <laughs> Yeah, when we answered this question last time, I said I really wanted to go to Alton Towers, and that's what I was doing. I was taking everyone to Alton Towers. And actually, I probably should have said I'd get married. <laughs> we could get married at Alton Towers. That's what Lawrence Rickard yeah. said. So On that's Nemesis. what we're doing. We're going to all go and have a party, and Gary and I will get married on some can sort I, of log flume. It seems can I just fitting. hold the bags? Sure. Really like well, ride. you can chat to my mum. She'll love that. Great. Sarah, I went on a roller coaster with a VR headset on and I lasted a minute before I was sick. (laughs) Not even a real roller coaster, an actual, just a VR one. Roller coasters make you sick. The normal roller coasters make you sick. Yeah. Oh, Jen, being on the bus makes me sick. Well, I mean, I know know you are. Talking about claggy hands. (laughs) Sticky hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that time, I think, again, maybe Ireland or Edinburgh, where you were literally just talking to Hannah and she dashed off to be sick. I mean, I was talking about something quite awful, to be fair. And I feel the need to repeat that the worst (laughs) thing about it was I had to go and be sick where where the thing that she was telling me that had made me feel sick had happened. Yeah, sorry. They've skirted over the details, but I do feel that anyone listening can pretty much work out what was happening. I think they'll crack the code. <laughs> so it's that time that it comes to an end, and we ask you if you have anything to plug. Now I'm guessing, boss lady, you do. In fact, I love it I know when she calls do. me that. Oh wait, no. <laughs> I'm not. I uh, I definitely do. For the first time in quite a while, uh, I have a tour. Um, I know it was supposed to start in January, February and now it starts in April, May and I'm very excited and I've been writing the show for years and I'm so excited that I can finally tell everybody my silly stories and jokes so it's called Bobby Dazzler because that is the purest compliment available Uh, and and it is uh, all of the stuff is on my website but it is UK and Ireland initially and then probably some international dates to be added can I, can I ask a question I presume in the upside of not writing especially topical jokes means that you haven't had to rewrite everything. rewrite it or do any work on it I don't really believe it's. some people are like oh I'm going to have to scrap my whole show and I think you're mad just reframe it you just have to reframe things because I think a lot of people won't want to hear loads of stuff about coronavirus so i have some stuff because i wrote on during the last tour half of the next one because i'm proper nerd as you know so (laughs) i end a tour and i've got half a show ready for the next one so none of that is about lockdown or pandemics or of the like but the stuff that happened that i wrote about during the lockdown is set in a time but isn't really about it's more about the restrictions i guess uh, you know the funniness that comes from not being able to do a thing in a normal manner mm. maybe but it's still I just don't think people are going to come and want to sit and listen to an hour and a half I think they're well, more likely to want to hear me talk about being in the flotation tank with a fanny on fire it's just <laughs> visceral reaction to Coronation Street <laughs> yeah <laughs> just fury at yeah. people at least they're standing too far apart uh, so when Jane comes to your show you're going to have to surround yourself with a small ring of people on stage that are standing quite close to you otherwise Jen's going to be <laughs> going to be shouting be no Millican <laughs> I, to be fair, she employs me. I probably won't do that. <laughs> yeah, if it's your last day, do what you like. <laughs> and also, um, very soon, as in the 7th of January, my second series of Elephant in the Room, my radio comedy panel show, is on Radio 4. And we've been put straight on at 6.30. We started at 11pm last time and then we were repeated at 6.30. And now we're straight out at 6.30, which we had to remember while we were recording it. <laughs> yeah, fewer F's and C's, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, well, no C's, generally. Yeah. And <laughs> no words that begin with C at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the rounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so much fun. They're almost a little bit more fun than even doing it properly 
because we've been doing it every all the guests are at home uh, the producer and all the techs are in their homes the audience is between two and three hundred people for every episode are all in their homes and their audio is being recorded and we can hear it in our headphones and it is glorious because it's been a long time since anybody laughed at me mm. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard any weird shit going on in the background at anybody's house yet uh, no, on Playground, which is the weekly new material gig that I do, um, in the Zoom, we had somebody's dog bog and it set up all the other dogs in the Zoom. <laughs> like 101 Dalmatians. Like the... yeah, it was the best it's bit of the show. It was, and everybody just waited until they calmed down because it was just so much fun. And you could see them bounding in, into the into the, the where the bargain was coming from. <laughs> that is adorable. Uh, and how about you guys? Anything to plug? I mean, hopefully, if you're listening to this particular episode, you're going to go and rifle through our back catalogue. And we absolutely want you to have a good old rootle and listen to all the other amazing podcasts that we've made. And yeah. who's, who's to say that in the near future, we might be able to actually do live shows again? <gasps> I'm crossing my fingers, which isn't great for podcasts, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You said it, you described it. Fine. Mickey and I are already aware that we are person number, number 60 million and person number 60 million and one to get the vaccine. Yeah. So it may be a while yet, but yeah. Shall I do a little wrap up like yeah. we're done? Okay. Now then, if we Bye. Were... <laughs> oh, 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 wow, off. off. She's got very abrupt over lockdown. <laughs> That's it, we'll just end it there. <laughs> now, if we were indeed in front of a live audience, it would be at this point that I would thank you all for listening slash watching and please say thank you to all of us, the Standard Issue family, Sarah Millican, Hannah Dunleavy, Jen Offord and me, Mickey Noonan. issue for all women.